Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <laughs> so yummy. <laughs> oh, I love that zing. Today is Friday, September 27th. And it's a cool morning here. I'm still coming out to the Great Barber. I think I can sit. The sun is really starting to tip over the wall right now, so I think it'll warm up enough. <sighs> Season of purple and gold. I know I keep saying that, but uh, this morning was just extraordinarily lovely. I woke up around 5.15, which was well before the sun came up, but the uh, moon was just rising, and it was a, a fingernail moon with the uh, curve of the moon down towards the horizon so you know where it looks like the smile there's probably a astronomical term for that and I don't know what it is that I being in sci-fi fantasy I end up talking to science fiction writers who throw around terms that I feel like I'm supposed to know when they say things about like the L6 and so forth and I'm like you know wait what what does that mean again <laughs> So they would probably be scoffing at me. If any of you out there know, you can tell me what it is. But anyway, you can visualize. And you don't have to visualize because I'm going to put a photo on the podcast. Um, it was uh, just extraordinarily beautiful because the sun, the, the moon was rising in the east and was just over the horizon. And, of course, the sun was following behind. So the sky was starting to lighten and you could see the... Um, the unlit face of the moon. It was sort of in grayscale. So I tried to get my camera out there to take a photo, <coughs> dug out the good camera, my Nikon, and, um, you know, of course, I kept wanting to do flash, and I would turn off the flash, and then I'd get nothing, and I'd had the uh, telescopic lens on there from the other day. I don't remember what I was trying to get a picture of. Now it's going to bug me. Anyway, I had that on there. So I was trying to use the fireworks mode or the night setting to get the photo. But with that long lens on there, I can't hold it still long enough. So I ran inside, got one of my shorter lenses, put that on. And I still couldn't hold it still enough. So then I had to find my tripod, which I hadn't had out in a while. Which was more frantic rummaging. I have this... Um, closet in my office. My office was intended by the builder to be a bedroom, as most home offices, I think, were originally intended to be. So the closet is meant for clothes, and I have it crammed full with things like bookshelves and filing cabinets and associated crap, <laughs> I believe is the technical word for it. So it took me a little while to find my tripod, and I felt like I was racing the sun because, you know, once the sky gets too light, uh, you lose that great contrast. And I really wanted to get a picture of how it looked. And as it was, I didn't quite get it how it looked when I woke up, but I still ended up getting what I think is kind of a breathtaking photo. Can something be kind of breathtaking, Jeffy? No, I don't think so. It is a breathtaking photo. It took my breath away. I looked at it and gasped. So... Uh, I hope you all will enjoy it too. We'll have to see if it's just as good but as when I saw it on the camera. <clears throat> but I was tremendously pleased to, to get that. Um, 
And then I was running on the treadmill, the running treadmill in the bedroom as the sun was really coming up. And it was one of those mornings where the sky just filled with this um, sort of violet light, violet and pink, violet and rose with then the as the sun got higher lighting up all of the autumnal gold of the landscape and i was i was like yes season of purple and gold which has nothing to do with football i don't know what is that i actually know that one which is weird but um i think aren't the saints purple and gold i only know that because of new orleans and, and I could be wrong. <laughs> my, my sports knowledge is always theoretical. So, it seems like there was something else I was going to tell you about morning. I, I'm actually not too cool sitting out here. It does have that um, cool, uh, humid, dense feel here this morning. Santa Fe gets this sometimes. Instead of feeling like that very thin desert air, it gets this very heavy, still feel. I'm not quite sure what kind of pressure that means. Oh, I know what I was going to say. The, the upside of rummaging for the tripod was I found my great big pad of paper, too, that I kind of forgot I had. I bought it back when I needed to draw a map of... The Twelve Kingdoms, For when I first did the Mark of the Tala, and Peter, my editor, asked me if I would do a map for the book. And I was like, holy shit, maybe. <laughs> because I am not, as I, I think I talked about some yesterday, I'm not someone who does a lot of that pre-work. So I knew how the land looked in my head, and I had it all pretty well sorted moving from place to place. But Peter said, well, I think it would really help the reader if we had a map. So then I had to kind of take it out of my head and put it on paper. I did draw it myself because I did study art back in the day. And I'm not incredible, but if you look in those books, I did draw those maps. I got out a bunch of my fantasy books. I got out, um, oh, like Jacqueline Carey, and I think I got out Tolkien, and who else did I get out? I don't remember, but I got out like five different books, fantasy books that had maps in the front and laid them out and studied how they did it. And then I drew my map on this great big sketch pad. And I remember I took it along on one of the family birthday weekends <coughs> and was working on it there because I knew we'd have time where we'd just sort of be hanging out at the condo. And I did do a lot. I did it all in mechanical pencil with lots of erasing sort of sketched it out and then kept going back over it and having to check back with the story. To my relief, the geography worked out. And then I kind of had to make up countries for my Here Be Dragons areas, right? Because uh, I hadn't written all of the 12 kingdoms, right? I hadn't taken it to every one of those places. So I hadn't listed every one of them, I guess I should say. So, and then what was funny was I did that, you know, this it's like newbie mistakes, right? Carefully lettered in, labeled all the places, mailed it to Peter. And he said, uh, well, this is great, but 
the problem is, is when we reduce it down, you can't read any of the letters. It's too small. <laughs> and I was like, oh, duh. <laughs> yeah, I felt pretty silly about that one. So I ended up having to redraw it. I redrew it on um, 8 and a half by 11. Things you learn, right? And then, you know, of course, then they were the right size. Because actually, if you take, if your book is a trade paperback size, and you have an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper with a map, and you put a one inch uh, column, blank column down the middle to be the gutter for where the pages fold. That, that is, that was, huh. am I explaining this well? That actually will make your map in the front of the book. So if you fold it in half, take your eight and a half and 11, put it landscape, fold it in half, and set it inside the pages of a trade paperback, it's not perfect. But if you draw your map on that and leave room for the fold in the middle and then for, um, you know, don't go too close to the edges so they can trim, then it ends up being perfect. So now you know, don't make my mistakes, young people. <laughs> So anyway, I found my great big sketch pad, and you know, I was talking the other day about maybe doing some painting or drawing, so I think I might, you know, that seemed kind of meant, right? So I might play with that a little bit. Uh, you know, do, do acrylic paints ever die? I don't know. We'll find out. I might dig that stuff out this weekend. So I did go to reading... Um, I figured out that I, I think I mentioned that yesterday, that I really just need to go back and read. So now I have finished reading The Shift of the Tide, which was interesting to go reread. Uh, and it did remind me of a whole lot of things, so it's good I'm doing this. But I know, I know that that story isn't necessarily, um, the favorite of a lot of people. It's always fascinating to me to hear which pe which book or which hero and heroine uh, people pick as their favorite. I always think it's telling in many ways. And somebody did email me the other day saying that uh, The Shift of the Tide was her favorite and that she thought the ending was heart-wrenching. And as I was reading, I was like, yeah, this is pretty damn heart-wrenching. <laughs> Good job, Jeffy. Personally, I really love Zinda and Marshall's love affair. Um, I just, and I really enjoyed reading it. I had fun reading it. I remember hearing the complaint that other people didn't love it because Marshall has been in love with her quietly in the background for a long time. And a number of people said that they missed seeing him fall in love with her on the page. And, you know, well, I can see that. I, I understand that. And yet, I maybe I just happen to love that trope. Because I do think that that's pretty cool. Um, the, the person who loves without demanding love in return. Oh, so this clematis did get kind of cut off, chewed off. You've seen this vine hanging here. It's not the whole thing, but a piece of it did. Hmm. So anyway, sorry, a little bit of gardening diversion there. Part of the brand, right? 
so, and I remember that other people, that the other major complaint with that book was that it did not advance the plot enough for their satisfaction, that they'd expected more to happen in the overall arc than did in that book. And I can see the point, because really, the shift of the tide is much more about Zinda and her character transformation than anything else. Um, I love the love affair, but the love affair is really part of her figuring out who she is and um, and having to overcome this this major these major hurdles. I mean, I think that Zinda doesn't have to um, overcome personal flaws so much. I mean, she has pride and arrogance, and she does have to overcome that. But she um, she really suffers. I mean, she really goes through um, a major difficulty, and in pursuit of of really a noble cause and in some ways her journey is more more the hero's journey than almost anyone's and it's only because she has Marshall's steadfast love that she I think is able to make it through I think otherwise she she probably would have died so the thing is, is that I needed to write that book partly because I wanted to write her. Um, she is, I will admit, one of my favorite heroines. I loved getting to write someone who was a shapeshifter. She was the first time I wrote from really the shapeshifter's point of view. And I really enjoyed writing that. And I enjoyed, um, I wanted to explore that, that facet of, I knew that I needed to get that piece into place of what she would be able to do. And probably another writer, someone who does a little bit more uh, plot-driven and more, um, I don't know, action-oriented, Zinda's story could have taken place entirely off the page for an author like that. Um, you know, like uh, Ilona Andrews would have just had that happen off the page, I think. And, you know, and I probably could have done that, you know, like, oh yeah, she figured out how to do this and, you know, we'll just call it good. But, I'm now I'm checking the drip system because I'm noticing that this one side just really isn't dripping. It's actually not dripping past this one point and I wonder why. It probably has a leak out there somewhere. I don't have enough pressure. <clears throat> Probably at this point I could just hand water this side over here though because is it really going to be worth chasing down before we get freezing weather? We probably got, what is this, September 27th I said? And we usually get our first freeze around Thanksgiving. So two months, Jeffy, I should probably try to figure it out. Alas and alack. Huh. I don't know why. This side has always been a little bit problematic because I have the drip line going up over the top of the grape arbor and I think it doesn't have, it's hard for it to get enough pressure to go over the top here. 
I probably should do it down below, but then, you know, people trip on it. So, I don't know. I will solve this problem offline. Sorry to uh, spend time dwelling on it. <laughs> I'm not always sitting here when it goes off, so I can actually see the where it's dripping and where it's not. So, anyway... I think The Shift of the Tide might be a book that you wouldn't have to read to get the arc of the story. And yet, I still love it. And there, I do have tons of little seeds and things that are reaching out to other parts. And when I originally wrote it, I did intend for there to be a lot more um, of the overall arc in it. And it just didn't come out that way. <coughs> and, you know, I just... Um, I don't try to force the story to be something that it doesn't want to be. So, so now I'm going to read The Arrows of the Heart today and over the weekend, The Dragons of Summer, get myself caught up. I've been making notes, so that's good. Um, and I do have some insights into what's going to happen. So then I can hit it hard next week. Uh, what else? Well, yesterday was also exciting because I, uh, you know, very, yeah, sorry, I'm just trying to, <laughs> I, I shouldn't tell you guys like every mundane detail of my life, but I'm just thinking about what yesterday was like. I also had the oil changed in my car on Wednesday, which is kind of a big deal for me because I have this 96 Jag, right, XJS convertible, and I am not the kind of person who is meticulous about maintaining cars. And so David is, he used to be a real gearhead. And we have this wonderful mechanic. And between the two of them, I mean, like the mechanic talked to David and said, you need to make her come in and get her oil changed more often. And when we talked about it, I said, oh, so, so his name is Dave also, Dave the Mechanic. And he said, oh, so Dave told you that you needed to kind of gently steer me towards doing this. And David says, no, he told me to make you do this. <laughs> if you want to keep this car running, you have to do this. I'm like, okay. Um, I don't know why I don't like doing it. Um, well, I don't like spending the money. So, you know, I had the oil changed and all the fluids checked and it was $170. And I'm like, eh, okay, fine. And... You know, but that's part of maintaining an older car, right? At least I don't have a car payment. So I have to remember to think of it that way. That I have to put that money into it one way or another. But I, the steering wheel had been kind of vibrating. I'd been getting this bad feel you know, from the tires. I was like, oh, is there something? So I asked um, Dave, the mechanic, I said, well, would you check it? I said, I think maybe I need new tires, but... I want to make sure it's not something mechanical, you know, before I put money into that. So he put it up on the lift and took a look and he said, yeah, your steel cables are fraying inside the tires and you're going to have a blowout. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> here's me being irresponsible again. So I called and made an appointment at Big O Tires and I went and did that yesterday afternoon. Yes, mother, I have new tires now. I'm fine. Um, and it was funny because when you have a car like a Jack, they say things like, okay, well, we look and the 
Recommended tire for this car is rated at 180 miles per hour, and but we can't get those. So the next one down from that is rated to 138 miles per hour. And I'm like, really? Really? You know, because I'm a lead foot, but I'm not going to be going 138 miles an hour. And he said, well, we can get you those. And it was like $600 or something. And I was like, uh, whimpering. And he said, or we can, this tire will fit your car. And he said, there's, um, a, they only have a 40,000 miles warranty and they're rated to like 120 miles an hour. And I was like, that's good. I, I don't need to be going 120 miles an hour. And, you know, with my 23-year-old car, 40,000 miles of tires, considering that I do drive it like a little old lady to my manicure appointments and yoga class, <laughs> which is the other thing my mechanic makes fun of me for. He's like, you need to, like, take it, drive it longer. So... Um, yeah, well, 40,000 miles from now, we'll see if the Jag is still up and running. Otherwise, you know, it's in generally good shape, but I do kind of live in fear of when it has a uh, repair that is more than it's worth, you know. But I do love my car. So anyway, I have new tires. And it was funny, as I was moving through the passageway of doom, the garage smells like new tire. <laughs> I think that's... Just kind of was like, oh, what's that smell? Oh, that's new tire smell. So, you know, a day in the life. Oh, and, well, I'm at 21 minutes. I've got, I can cram in a little bit more. Um, we did go out on submission yesterday. Sarah, sorry, I was looking up my phone. And Sarah sent me the list of all of the lovely editors who have the uh, new shiny nails. So, will be exciting to see. I don't imagine we'll hear anything um, until Monday at the soonest, but maybe some people will read over the weekend. So things are going trippingly here. I hope that they are going trippingly for you. And I am going to uh, go immerse myself in this book in this world with delight and gladness, right? So hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And that you get to do some, some fun things that refill your well. And I will talk to you all on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.